Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Deborah Shepard. Deborah K. Shepard came to her writing later in life after retiring from her position as director of a domestic violence resource center. She holds a BFA in drama from the University of Arizona and an MSW from Fordham University Graduate School of Social Service. She is the mother of two adult children, the grandmother of two, and lives with one husband and two rescue dogs on the coast of Maine, where she spends her non-writing time in the garden or with a stack of books. Let's dive into the pond and meet Deborah. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Deborah Shepard. Deb, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Jen. It's, it's so nice to be here. Absolutely. I'm so excited that you're here. And I would love for you to start out with how did you get into writing? Oh, well, let me tell you how I got into writing this book. I always wrote when I was a little girl and, and in school and things like that. And um, 30 some odd years ago, I was uh, raising my kids with my husband. My marriage was falling apart. And I started to have these fantasies about how would my life be different with somebody else? And uh, I started writing about that. And so in, in my book, my character leaves her children at summer camp and runs off and takes off looking for a previous love. I didn't do that, I wrote about it. So it was a long time ago. I, it was, uh, as I said, over 30 years ago, I wrote it on a word processor which for those of your audience who are really young, it came way before computers and uh, wrote it at night on my kitchen table. And I was very naive in those days. I thought you just write a book, you write it once, you send it out. So I sent it out to a publisher whose name I found in a book, came back in the same box that I'd sent it out. I don't think they have even read it. I decided it wasn't, it wasn't worth reading. Um, so I put it in a cardboard carton and I put it in the back of my closet. And it followed me from place to place as I moved from upstate New York to New Jersey, now to Maine. And when I retired, I'm a, I'm a social worker and I was directing a, a, a nonprofit. When I retired, I started taking a class in writing and I came home and I said, I think I'm gonna write a novel. And my husband said, do you remember that piece of juvenilia you put in the closet? years ago, he said, why don't you pull it out? Because maybe there's some stuff in there that you can use for this new novel and you won't have to work so hard. Ha. Huh. So I um, pulled it out. I literally had not looked at it in over 30 years. And I read it and I thought, this is not so bad after all. So two, two or three years work after that, this is my book. So, so happy um, together. Love it. Thank you. So happy <laughs> together. And I guess the moral of the story is it's never too late, right? It is. You're right, though. But but what I also heard was that there was a passion that started a lot longer, like it was something that it was always there. It was always kind of like a little niggle and it kind of kept showing up in different spots, even if you you had a career in social work, as you said, but you also you had life going on around you. And still this little niggle kept kind of showing up and saying, hey, hey. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it was more than a little niggle because in my social work career, I was a director of an agency, two agencies, actually. 
and I had to write grants, I had to write reports, I had to write op-ed pieces. So I was consistently writing, but I wasn't writing this kind of, doing this kind of writing. And I did so much writing that when I retired, I said, I'm never writing anything longer than a grocery list, that's it. Until this started, you know, I started to take, a, obviously there was something niggling because I took a class, right? Well, but you yeah. said something interesting too, because you're right, grant writing or writing in the corporate world, so to speak, in, in a business setting, that's a different type of writing. It could be persuasive, right. it, it's technical in some ways, but it's not creative writing. So what was that transition like to go from a technical or a, a business style writing or even a marketing style writing to, uh, to more creative writing? Well, it's interesting because even though I was writing grants and reports in order to get thousands and thousands of dollars from a government or from, an, or, you know, from a foundation, you have to tell stories. You have to touch people's hearts, right? If you are um, working, I was working with survivors of domestic violence and we needed money to run our shelter. So we had to tell, you know, we had to tell stories about how our organization changed these people's lives. So I, I was writing stories, you know, short little pieces. So they, they all collected in my brain, I think is what happened. And when I retired, there was no place for them to go except on paper. <laughs> so how did the course, how did the, the creative writing class help you? Well, I was with, other, it, was, uh, it was actually run through senior college here. So was, I was actually with other people my age who were starting to write books or starting to write essays. So I felt in good company um, and I felt relaxed enough to be able to share with that group and not feel like some kind of anomaly, right? So um, that helped a great deal. Oh, but I love that. So you've, what you've touched on here though is a form of community, whether it's a critique group or whether it's you know, a sounding board or having the right type of editor in, in, your, in your background you know, to work with or the right illustrator or graphic designer for your book to have people that you really feel have your back who are willing to encourage but guide and, to, and all of that is so helpful, not just in the craft of writing, but in the, the courage to share this, this manuscript that can go from just something you wrote for yourself to something you share in a book form with others. Right, right. And it, the feeling was, well, if, they, if they're willing to share that, I'm gonna go out on a limb and sort of share this because the feedback for them was pretty positive. You know, it was, it was uh, there were critiques, but it was all encouraging. And I thought, well, okay, I feel safe now and I can share mine too. I love that so much. So with this story that took a while to actually show itself in its current form of a book. Right. And it has, it had its lull period between you initially writing it and then picking it back up again. What was it like to pick up the, the book, pick up the manuscript and say with fresh eyes to look at it and say, what can I do with this? You know, do I really have something or what do I need to do? How did you come through those decisions to, to decide, to know what to, where the next step was for yourself? Right. Well, I think I knew, you know, I read it, realized it wasn't as bad as I thought 30 years before, but also realized there needed to be some changes. And I wasn't sure I was equipped to, to act on the, you know, on what I thought it needed. 
So I took another class. Um, we have a wonderful um, organization called Maine Writers and Publishers Alliance. And I took, um, I took a class with um, a developmental editor and she, we, had, we had to send in a little bit, a snippet of stuff beforehand. And she had written a critique. And during the class, the class was on point of view, I remember. During the class, I looked at what she had critiqued and I rewrote the scene during the class. So I'm still not sure about point of view because I wasn't paying attention. I was writing. <laughs> and afterwards I showed it to her and she said, yeah, that's it. And I thought, okay, this, she gets it. And she, you know, she gave me some really pointed critique earlier. So I asked her if she would be my developmental editor and we developed a relationship and she, we worked for about 18 months on this book. And uh, then I got it published, not before I chopped it around and got rejected, but I knew there was a home for it somewhere. Okay, so, all right, you, you've shared a few more pieces I can't wait to dig into. But so for instance, when one of the things you mentioned here was essentially you got a, did a form of a sample. So as a developmental editor, I do, I talk with people, but I also look at a sample because it's just as important for me to be able to assess, hey, am I the right person for it? Am I off, you know, I'm going to offer feedback, but it's the other piece about that is sometimes it doesn't matter what the feedback is as much as it matters how it was delivered and from whom. So if you got feedback from the right person, you can take it a bit and, and do something with it. Then you might've gotten that same piece of feedback from someone else and you go, I can't do something. So how did you know that this person that you chose to work with how how did you feel when you knew that she was it? How did that feel for you to I encourage think, someone else? All right. I think we, I felt like she got me, you know, and that we shared kind of a sense of humor about things. In fact, I asked her to uh, do my book launch with me from a, a local bookstore. I mean, it was COVID, so it was, you know, Zoom. But um, when we sort of had a run through, she appeared with a funny wig, you know, just to, just to relax me. And, and so, you know, it, we were on the same wavelength, I think. I just, I felt it. And in fact, I'm writing a memoir now and she's, I'm working with her on that too. Oh, and it's beautiful. not, yeah, it's not like, you know, I got back her critique and I, and I was able to say, oh yeah, this is right. I was, <laughs> I got back at, and her first critique and I was gobsmacked. I didn't know, you know, it's like, what, what are beats? What are, what is sequence? What is, you know, there was all this kind of sort of organized stuff. And I just, you know, when I write, I just write. Um, but, she, but I sat with it for a little while and she was absolutely right. And when I, when I took her advice and sort of was able to sit with it a little while, I knew she was exactly right. I read, went through several versions and I was pretty convinced I had my novel, right? And I presented the manuscript to her and she reads it, she goes, nope, not a novel yet. I went, what? She says, where's your inciting incident? I said, what's, a, I said, what's an inciting incident? She explained to me what an inciting incident was. And I said, well, I just read this book and there was no inciting incident. There was just this woman who was going through menopause and she went on a road trip. And she says to me, <laughs> my editor says to me, what, and you don't think menopause is an inciting incident? So I thought, okay. So I went home, I wrote an inciting incident. She said, you got it. You know, it was just, 
but so she's a, she was able to deliver things I needed to hear, but in a way I could hear them. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and that, that's so, so, so important. So you get this manuscript to a point now that you feel like, okay, now I've got it. Now I feel like I can go through the submission process again, you know, because you tried before. So now we're doing it again. I tried with one person, right? Well, but you still tried. And so now we're looking at it like, okay, essentially you have a new book. You have a new book. You're ready to start. Do you want it to just pitch to, to, to get out into the world? How did you go about that process? Well, um, I found, uh, I went on, you know, online and I Googled uh, agents and I, so I, you know, I, I sent my, uh, what is it? I can't remember, Poets and Writers or one of the, one of the um, major publications that had lists all the agents. And I sent, you know, I sent query letters out and I sent samples out and sometimes they didn't even bother to reply. Often they didn't bother to reply. Some of them I got back. Thank you for sharing. Not right for us. So then I did, um, I did a, an in-person pitch in oh. Portland, also through the Maine Writers, I, I, as you can tell, I live in Maine, Maine Writers and Publishers Association, Alliance, I mean, and I made an appointment to um, pitch to two or three agents. You know, they were having like five minutes. So um, a couple of them said, mm, sorry, not right for us. I had already sent them this stuff. This one, agent said to me, you know, I really like this, um, but I'm sorry, I don't handle, um, I don't handle writers of historical fiction. I don't represent them. And I went, historical fiction? This isn't historical (laughs) fiction. This is like the 60s and the 80s. This is my life, right? This is the, I mean, the period of time when I, when I came of age, not history. She goes, in publishing, it's history. So, So then I realized I had written a piece of historical fiction. And uh, as I'm getting, it's it's interesting, as I'm getting reviews back, uh, I I can tell how young the reviewers are because they'll say, it's so nice to look back to that time or it's, you know, when things were so whatever, you know, and how our society has changed in all those years. So I'm, I'm a little more comfortable now with historical fiction. So anyway, she rejected it. Then I went to, I, I keep um, another panel. I went to a panel of um, about publishing and it was also run by Maine Writers and Publishers Alliance, which by the way, anybody can join. They don't have to be in Maine uh, because a lot of the stuff now is on Zoom. So it was a panel about publishing and there was somebody who'd been traditionally published, somebody who'd been who self-published and then hy- hybrid publishing. There was somebody who'd, who'd been published by a hybrid publisher. And I realized that um, I probably was not going to get published by the big five. Um, I'm so technologically inept that I didn't think I could be, <laughs> I could do the self-publishing. It would, it would send me off the deep end, I knew. And then this idea of hybrid publishing sounded really interesting. And uh, the person who, who was on the panel, she lives in my town, actually, and we had lunch. And... Um, she talked, she, she gave me the ups and the downs of it and, you know, and the pros and the cons. And I decided I would submit my book there. And before that, though, I had, a, I had as I said, I had a developmental edit and then I had a, co- a, a, a whole copy edit. So it was pretty ready to go. And they accepted it as is, which was great. So 
You put a lot of effort into it. A lot, a lot. Um, More than I thought from the beginning, but I think that's true of anything, right? I think if you know, if you know at the beginning what it's going to entail, you might not, it's like childbirth, right? (laughs) You might not, you might not do it. Um, But anyway, it's, uh, it's been a great, it's been a great experience for me. So when you were in the process of submitting, so you've submitted this book, you are working with this publisher now, what happened next? Like, what was it like seeing it come to fruition so that you actually had this book in hand? Like, cause what I'm hearing as underpinnings for a lot of this was recognizing so many unknowns, going with the flow, but trying to, but staying open to when to do different things. But I also hear a really big theme about network, about community involved. So I'm curious. So now that this publisher is involved, we're building another form of community because you had community helping with the, uh, the critiquing you had, you started to build your village between your editor, your publisher. So can we talk a little, continuing this path of this village that you're building, this network right, that you're building right. to get this book into, into hands? Would you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, I feel really lucky that I found uh, She Writes Press because not only did they give me what I think is a beautiful book with a great cover um, and, and you know traditional distribution through Ingram Publishing Services, they gave me a, a writing community because we have um, a website uh, not a website, I'm sorry, there is a website, but a Facebook page. And, um, you know, if somebody has a question like, hey, I'm thinking about going with this podcast, has anybody had any experience? Or I'm thinking about, you know, do I pay for a Kirkus review? Any questions you had, you could just post and immediately you'd have like 20 people responding. And um, it felt so great. You know, I have, I have friends in my community who, you know, who don't, who are my friends, but they don't get it about the writing and the publishing. And these, all of these people, most of whom I've never met, get it because they're going through the same thing. So I just, I feel really lucky. And I found a lot of my publicity and marketing outlets through that group. Nice, nice. Very, very cool. So you're leveraging a network between the publisher, what the publisher brings, because the publisher is helping with the book layout, the graphic design, the cover design, that type of piece, as well as if they were providing an editor or or editing services as well, which most publishers are going to do that. They do, but it's but mine because I'd had a developmental edit and a copy edit. They they read it and they said this is fine. Exactly, but now they're also involved helping you to get it into the market, into the to not just the community of uh, hey, what Facebook group or what what podcast did you pitch? But you also had to do a lot of that for yourself. What was that like? Well, I hired a publicist. They recommended different <laughs> publicists because I knew I just, I didn't have the connection. I mean, I, you know, I had some of them th- through the group, but I needed, I needed a publicist and I did hire a publicist and we had a contract for six months, which was a little pre, pre um, publication. And then uh, let's say four months after that. And, and she got me sort of out there in, in, in uh, venues where I never would have found, you know, and even my group wouldn't have probably found 
So that was lovely. And um, along with that came a social media consultant, which uh, I really needed because I needed my grandson to set up my face author Facebook page. So it was, I, so it was, that was another great perk. Um, but I like that though, because I mean, you're demonstrating that it doesn't matter when you start this process. It matters that you are still, you're always learning. And even if this was your, you know, even if this is the 15th book, you're still learning different parts. You're still navigating different things because the industry can change on different with what they're looking for or a new platform comes out or a different way to do something or if you learned a different skill set or you've gained more experience and that experience comes through in what you're able to do so I love that you are showing how just the evolution of that process and it doesn't matter if the book I say that it doesn't matter that the book sat for a little bit because maybe the book needed to sit for a little bit in order to get it to where it's supposed to be. And it, it's okay that it did, even though in the moment it feels like, did I just waste time? And you haven't. Right. It did. No, it definitely needed to sit. It's a much, much um, fuller book than it would have been, you know, 30, now it's 34, 35 years ago. So, yeah. But I think I... I think that this sounds really, really cool. So when you were in the writing process, whether it was getting the initial manuscript together or in the rewrites and the, and the subsequent work you've done, did you ever have that inner voice sit there and tell you, what are you doing? Are you kidding? Or do you really want to write that? Are you thinking that's a good thing to be writing? Who, who's going to read this? Did you ever deal with that? No and yes. So the no is I, I just I had a lot of confidence in the story. I knew it was a good story. There was one scene that um, I wrote and I was, you know, it just it sort of wrote itself. Right. And I just wrote it. And then I had I had second thoughts because it was a controversial topic. It was only three pages out of the 300 and something, book, you know, page book. So I took it out. I was I wrote it from the point of view of of. Um, a character who had uh, who had been sexually abused as a child, and he was revealing to my main character. And then you know I had second thoughts and third thoughts and fourth thoughts, and then I rewrote it from the point of view of the main character and what it was like to hear him reveal this, and it just didn't sit. It wasn't right. It didn't. And then I had my. You were talking. We were talking earlier before this about about an author and you know characters talking to the author and i had this character talk to me and say uh uh you know what i need to i need to be heard i need to be heard i need to be believed um and it, you know coincidentally i was a director of a program for for uh survivors of domestic violence and the most important thing for survivors is to be heard and to to be believed so this character needed to be heard so he needed to tell his story so that's where, you know, that's where I had a little bit of, but ultimately I'm glad I went with it that way. Very cool. Very, very cool. Now, has that inner voice ever crept in now that it's published? Like, are you, you know, to, to be confident enough to put yourself out there? Because sometimes it's a matter of, uh, of saying, you know, I love this book. But then I always encourage people like, yeah, I realize that, but you got to talk about it. You got to keep putting yourself out there because that's how people will find it is because you're talking about it. So have you ever felt a little bit like, oh my gosh, 
I've got to put myself out there again type of thing. And if so, right. how'd you overcome right. it? Well, you know, it's funny. The little piece I wrote on the back for the, the description um, starts out set in the sex, drugs, and rock and roll 60s. And Amazon took those words and with their whatever algorithm I can't figure out, put my, put my book in, in, the, um, in the genre of historical erotica. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> no. So, so I had a big, you know, back and forth with Amazon. I mean, there's it's that behemoth out there, right? You don't know what. And finally, I got it changed. But it was, uh, I think they changed it to 20th century historical romance or something. But um, so that gave me pause. And I'm going, you know, oh, no, I got to, I got to, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Um, so there was that kind of thing. And I know that there are people who are going to find parts of my book not to their liking, but I've gotten so much positive feedback that that's enough to, to sort of bolster me, right? Yeah. For all this other stuff. I mean, nobody like not everybody likes everything, right? Right. And, and that's actually, that's okay. Because from another standpoint is that if the book is not attracting a certain reader or what have you, then it's also done its job because it means that it's going to also be attracting the right readers because right. it should be pushing away readers who it's not really for. So, right. so it's, it's, it's one of those things where you can look at that criticism or look at that feedback as, oh, wow, you know, the disappointing that that didn't sit well, or you can look at it like, okay, thank you. This is good feedback and it's doing its job and right. it's, it's, going to find the place it's supposed to. I like how you how you looked at that. That's really cool. When you um, were coming through this, the story, and I realize it's your life, I realize you lived through it, but did you need to do any kind of research to help to create the world or to construct a certain scene a certain way? Um, I realize you're leveraging your background and expertise in some areas, but were you having to research in other areas? Um, well, I am leveraging my background and expertise, as you say. Um, it's not, it's a novel. It's not my life. You right. know, they're, they're right. right. There's a right. whole story in there that is not. Um, so I had to, so, you know, because I lived through the, through the sixties, I've, and I wrote the book 30 years ago, it was pretty accurate about, you know, time and place and what happened. But there were, but you know, memory plays tricks on you. And, and so, so for some of the, um, the scenery or the, you know, the place, I needed to say, think, oh, was that happening that time? Or is this, you know, so there were specific little, you know, would that model car have that at that time? Or, you know, yeah. but other than that, so I did some research. I think obviously if I'd been writing a historical novel that came before my time, I would have to do a lot more research. And in, it's interesting because, because this is now labeled a historical novel, um, I'm, I have an idea for a real, you know, a real historical novel with intent that happens in, you know, in the 1800s in Paris. So after I finish my memoir, that might be my minute, my next book. Oh, how exciting. But, Everybody mm -hmm. heard it here first. So <laughs> yeah, but don't hold me to it because I have years to do, you know, it's, it's funny because you write a book and, and you send it in and you think, okay, so once my publisher accepted it, it was 18 months until it, it was yeah. published. 
Yeah. So it's, you have to think about time that way, you know. Absolutely. This has been such a cool way to spend time too, speaking of that. And thank you so much. How can people connect with you, Deb? How can they, how can they connect with you and how can they find your book? Okay, so the way they can connect with me is through my website, which is DebraShepherdWrites.com. So it's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D, um, writes, W-R-I-T-E-S.com. Uh, that's my website. And uh, I have a Facebook page, Deborah K. Shepherd Author and uh, where they can find my books. They can find my books wherever they buy books. And I really encourage people to go to their local indie bookstore because they need us. They were, you know, they've been there for us through the, through the, uh, the pandemic and um, we need to keep them open. Uh, but if you buy books somewhere else, including online, you can go, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, bookshop.org, any of those places, or again, your local bookstore. Very cool. Thank you so much for being on the show, Deb. Thank you, Jen. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.